Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say we have Patrick here today, who's a data analyst. How are you doing, Patrick? Oh, good. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Welcome. Thank you for doing this. Uh, Patrick, can you start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself and your career to date, please? Yeah, so um, I'm from Dublin. Uh, I kind of lived here most of my life. Um, my background would have been in, in engineering, uh, so I'm going to study that in college. Um, and then I would have I would have got a graduate job um, working in a biopharmaceutical company. So that's kind of where I started. Uh, started there, kind of a graduate program there. And then um, after that, I would have moved into, you know, becoming an equipment engineer after the this kind of a two-year grad program, became an equipment engineer there. Um, and then after that, it, kind of in the equipment engineering role, I kind of was finding my feet and learned a lot in the industry that there was a lot of data um, or a lot of the questions that people being asked who were always looking for data, searching for data, that kind of stuff. And I kind of became a lot more interested in, in that side of things. Um, so in that sense, I kind of transitioned my role a little bit, asking to work more on data projects and, and kind of studying a little bit more, asking, you know, got a little bit more interested in coding. Um, and I remember in that at that point of my career, I was kind of wondering why did I study engineering? Probably should have just done a, done a computer science, but um, yeah, because I became really interested in it. And then really as part of the engineering team, I was kind of the, 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 the data person, the data analyst, I suppose, really. And then I kind of worked on a lot more projects there. Um, and then from then, I kind of was kind of stuck between two. So I decided I kind of moved company then to work as a, as a data analyst um, kind of full time. Uh, Stop working on engineering problems, but um, yeah, that that's kind of pretty much uh, my career to date. Love it, and, and obviously, data is such a big area now, and <laughs> and every business is trying to work on their big data or even just the the SME kind of uh, data that they're working in a smaller capacity. But I suppose for yourself, I suppose just to talk data for a second. Do you think it takes a certain type of person? Do you do you feel you have that kind of analytical brain? Is that what pulled you towards data? Number one, um, maybe not actually. I I kind of think I do have the analytical brain. Um, like I would say that I'm very data focused. Like in even different parts of my life, I would always be looking at different parts of data. I'd be even kind of personal projects. I mean. That's, that's a lot of stuff I, I just kind of interested. But I think I think what pulled me, and I was kind of thinking about it even before this, what pulled me towards data was more so the, probably the ability to answer kind of questions quickly. So specifically at work, I kind of touched on this. It was a lot more like what there was, when you had problems, it was like, how do we use data to see what the problem is and how maybe we can solve the problem? And then the other side of that is like, it's kind of predictive side where you can use data to try and maybe predict a problem before it happens, which can be quite, uh, which it, uh, could be quite difficult, um, especially in the kind of biotechnology industry. I mean, regulated industries kind of have, um, 
they're a little bit behind uh, other areas like in, in kind of big tech and, and uh, apps, you know, companies that develop apps, like they're just, they're kind of light streets ahead, I think maybe because you don't have as many regulations. But I think the two, I suppose the two things kind of to answer your question would be more so kind of helping, you know, others try and relieve problems that they had and they can see, you can see where the issue was. And then the other side was probably a really creative side. I, I don't think a lot of people talk about how creative, you know, um, coding and, and, and data can be in terms of how you develop a solution. Um, you kind of have to think in creative ways, especially when you don't have the data that's available. You know, you kind of have to try and find, well, how can I scrape it or, or how can I present it in a certain way? Um, so yeah, there was kind of a lot of facets about it that I was really interested in. Um, so I think that that's probably what pulled me in really. For any kind of small businesses, let's say, listening, is there anything that you would recommend for them? Let's say they're trying to get their house in order systems wise. Is there anything you recommend of how a a business could look at their data and, and what they should be looking for? Yeah, I mean, there's kind of insights in everything, uh, which is probably a terrible answer that nobody really wants to hear. But if you have the data, I think you need to, I suppose the first, you don't just want to dive into, okay, let's just look at data. You know, you kind of, you have to actually have a problem that you want to solve. Um, so it's got to be fairly focused in that sense. So if you're trying to solve a certain problem, you've got to have a problem statement. You've got to understand, well, what data and in my previous role, I, I kind of wanted to ask the questions like, well, what data is available to you um, can, can, and can that be used to solve your problem? Because you kind of want to just focus on that um, and then you can start developing use cases. Um, you don't want to kind of blindly r- run into it and say, oh, we have a whole load of data, let's just analyze it. You know, it's, that's, that's kind of useless to, to, to nobody. Um, but I think, yeah, focusing on the problem and then finding what data you have and then developing any sort of use case that you need to around that. Um, the, 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 that's kind of the pre-work before you maybe you start looking at, at, at having data and let's use it and, and, and data engineers as well, you know, to try and find, take, take yeah, out, exactly. extract the data, yeah. you know, clean it and present it. Um, then, you know, having clean data sets or curated data sets is, is probably something that's that's really important. Um, so, yeah, I'd say it's it kind of goes back to, like, what you're trying to solve or, or problem problem statements and developing a strategy is probably something that you need to look at at, at kind of a higher level. Like, what kind of strategy do you want to use to, well, what, what's your strategy in terms of data you can have a, and, and governance as well? A lot, a lot of times, you know, the data governments is something that's kind of put on in the back burner as well, which can be tough because it's the, the, there's a lot going on in, in business and um, having structured data governance can be can be difficult. But um, yeah, so it's focusing on what problems you have really is probably the main one. And, and platforms, is there anything that you would recommend to people to pull in their data into a certain place? Have you got preferences? Any you want to talk about? Um, I suppose it's, it's different, um, it's different for different industries, I guess, really, um, 
from my side of things, like from work, I'm kind of mainly only familiar with fairly um, unheard of platforms that uh, probably people in the industry only know, like this this Pi is probably a huge one that, that we would use. I mean, it's a lot more for equipment data and stuff like that. And for, for other businesses, like, I mean, cloud, cloud platforms is something that, um, cloud platforms, I would say is pro probably your, your best bet to start like Azure and AWS, like looking at, they have so many different products that you can use in terms of storing data, uh, streaming data, um, visualizing data. Like it, it's quite good in that sense. I mean, the, it, there's so much custom, custom, custom ability with it um, that, yeah. And you don't need to, uh, you know, if you have a credit card, you can literally just sign up for it. Um, the, it can get quite expensive quite quickly, but it's a great way to start, um, you know, for a small business that's looking at, well, okay, we need to store, we have this data or, or data's been collected somehow. We want to store it in, in tables and we want to be able to deploy some sort of application web app or whatever type of app you want to do. I mean, that's, that's kind of something that, uh, I like kind of doing on the side myself, um, because I'm interested and that's, that's kind of the route that I went down as well was, was, was using cloud, um, cloud resources to, to do it. So I'd say that that's, that's probably the easiest way to start anyway. And then you can maybe look at. You know, for there's other enterprise applications um, or enterprise companies out there as well that um, you can look at if you want to progress further. Um, but even even Azure and, and AWS, they have enterprise kind of. Um, well, I'm glad you mentioned AWS as well, and like things like Tableau, are huge platforms for presenting yeah. and stuff to data. Yeah. Can you give me an example of? a really successful campaign, something that it might be in data visualization or something, something that you did where you felt like, okay, this was a really good success out of the brief that you were given, um, maybe in your previous roles. Yeah, I'd say, um, one of the big ones from work that I can remember anyway is, uh, I worked on a project, maybe a lot of it was when I was part of the, on, on the data side of my role was uh oee project that i worked on which for your listeners it's oee is overall equipment effectiveness um and that i think was something i was really proud of because we were able to a lot of the questions you know with data you want to answer is why why did it happen this way why is it like that you know you know the developing something you know the problem happens and then you want to understand why um and it can also kind of give you some sort of business um, or direction in terms of, you know, working on certain problems that happen a lot more often than others. Um, and in a production facility, I think that's something that's really, really valuable. And it's what, you know, production companies will go after a lot. Um, they'll, have, they'll, have, they'll have some sort of, some sort of OE strategy in place. And it, my kind of role was extracting um, a lot of the data from the tables that were available. So it was an OE um, software that was being used. And uh, I, I was kind of using, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of um, Spotfire before. It's, an, it's very similar to Tableau. It's, it works on data visualization, but um, a lot of my, my whole project was kind of working on visualizing where all the downtime was for a lot of the equipment. Um, 
and how much that costs in terms of the OEE. So the business had a certain percentage that they want to hit. Um, and I had to try and, you know, visualize for different batches that they went through. Where, where were the downtimes uh, and how long were they and how could we bucket them into different areas? And then putting them into booking them into different areas allowed people to kind of go, okay, well, maybe we can develop some project to try and avoid this in the future. Um, so it's kind of a, a few different Pareto charts and there's kind of a creative way to try and understand how batches start and stop and how you, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of manipulation of the data to try and get that right. Um, so I think that's probably something that I was, I was really proud of, uh, at work. Um, you know, it, I think it really helped kind of kick off a lot of different teams, uh, work to to develop their project or even use the dashboard to try and develop projects um, so that people were aware, like, where, where can we get more productivity with it? Um, and then I'd, I'd say probably, you know, personally, um, I, you, you might have seen it as well from my post, but, but scoreboards was something that I kind of was a project that I was really, um, really proud of. I think that that was uh, that kind of personal project. It kind of came after. Um, I had moved role, but it was something that really elevated and really elevated my understanding of so many different um, areas within data and, and web applications. Um, you know, so scoreboards um, was a, um, I'm saying was <laughs> for, for a certain reason, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it's, it's a web application that, um, takes, you know, it's a live score for GAA teams, uh, club and county. Um, both Camogie and um, Erling uh, and football um, that basically sh showed kind of the live scores of all the matches um, at, uh, on that day. It also kind of had um, a news section and, a, and a, a, a table section as well. So a lot of it was kind of web scraping um, for news and uh, news and uh, tables. And then the scores came from Twitter, actually. So that was um, that was something that I was really, really proud of because I actually learned so much. I had done a lot of training in Python beforehand, um, but uh, this this kind of really um, it really it really pushed it forward. Like that, it was just a project that I, I'd been interested in. Um, and I thought that it could elevate it. And it, it, it kind of, for, for anyone who's looking to do coding, it's like getting better at coding or if into data, you kind of have to know what a coding is that doing a project will really test you. Um, and a, the project like scoreboards, which was something that uh, I really liked doing. I mean, there was, a, it was really tough at the start, but once it gets going, then you, uh, then you really start to start to understand it. And I have something that I was, uh, really proud of actually yeah yeah it was now looking at that obviously with the twitter apis going down and up and stuff especially um in more recent yeah. times was that something that you were always thinking oh this is really going to affect the platform because imagine going on and you can't see the scores because the the api is down or connection's gone 
Well, it wasn't even, yeah. So I, like I kind of had built some sort of resiliency, resiliency into the, uh, into the web app itself. And that if it went down, you know, the certain error code, you could start trying to start it again. That was no problem. <laughs> it was the fact that the API wasn't free anymore. It was, it was very expensive. Elon Musk has, has changed the strategy of Twitter a lot. Um, I think he was looking at Reddit and uh, he said, okay, we'll try and adopt their model. Um, where APIs now are just extortionally expensive. Um, so that kind of just stopped it really. Um, so you couldn't, using the API was not, no longer viable. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of, kind of one. That I, I mean, I learned a valuable lesson that, you know, developing a, a web app that is relying on one API is a huge risk. Uh, especially if you're if you're going down the route of you know making this your full time job and um, pursuing you know whatever great idea that you have, yeah, make sure that you have some sort of backup to just one API um, because connection problems can be solved. You know you can you can monitor it um, or you can you know if you're scaling you can you know uh, have redundancy in there as well. But um, yeah. It, it uh, I think it, and I think it affected a lot of people as well in terms of um, companies out there who are heavily reliant on the Twitter API and some Reddit API users as well. Um, so I think that was. Uh, I'm glad I learned that lesson now. Anyway. Yeah, and like you've mentioned so many interesting things there, but in terms of uh, web scraping, I suppose first and foremost, what do you use to to web scrape, like what platforms and, and how do you go about doing that? Yeah, so Python is kind of my, the programming, my programming language of choice anyway. Um, and that is what I would use uh, requests. I think is a, it's a, is a, um, is a package within Python that lets you do a lot of web scraping. Um, for scoreboards, I think like I would have used, um, Flask is kind of the whole platform that you would use for, uh, which is within Python, would use for for developing the web website itself. Um, and then in the background, I would have had a connection that would scrape the scores and pass it through to the to the website. Um, but yeah, I think Python is something that I became really proficient in, and it showed me kind of like a lot in terms of front end and back end. So. You know, I, when I started the project, I had no idea about HTML and CSS, and then I had to learn a little bit, bit about JavaScript as well. Um, and it's it kind of opened up a whole new world of interest for myself in terms of how 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 useful these these programming languages are. But and then SQL as well. I mean, the, you can't really get anywhere without structured tables. Um, so I had a little bit of knowledge about SQL before I even started the project, um, but it uh, it kind of really elevated it. Yeah. So I mean, I think a lot when when you're starting out, you know, kind of learning learning by doing is probably the best way of doing it. I I found anyway, um, and that I think that was kind of like a, a flag, flagship project for myself that opened up. Um, different areas that I, you know, other projects that I potentially want to work on. Yeah, yeah it's super interesting. And that, like you've kind of touched on it as well, but I suppose storage then, do you have a preference for where you store host your information as AWS again, or is it another platform? 
Yeah, no, it, it's it was AWS. Um, I think I I tried to use a little bit of Azure as well, but I I was kind of I think AWS kind of got me really. I just kind of started there, and they had all the different areas that I needed. I mean, uh, you know, MySQL database is kind of the the one that I was using uh, specifically for my for scoreboards, um, and it. Uh, yeah, it was, it was hosted on AWS, um, and then that was, you know, it's something that you can use to to develop your application. I mean, it, everything's pretty much there. I mean, it, it's the same with, with Azure. Like, I mean, once once you understand um, how this is all set up and, and how you can deploy it, um, then, you know, transitioning from AWS to Azure, I suppose for small-scale projects like mine, it's probably not too bad, but, you know, enterprise-wide, it, it, it it's probably a, a, a lot different, but um, yeah, once, I suppose once you understand the core principles of it, um, it, tra- it should translate. It should translate okay between Google Chrome, Google Cloud Platform, and Azure and AWS. Yeah, and Patrick, one of the questions I want to ask you is around the digital industry as a whole. Is there anything that really excites you, or what would you see as the biggest opportunity in digital right now? Um, I suppose probably for the the industry that I'm kind of working in is is like for pharma they're kind of a a bit behind uh, I suppose the tech industry as a whole so um, it's quite quite an exciting space there um, at the moment um, with using kind of data analytics software to catch up with the rest of the industry so simple simple enough uh, solutions but um, they they're starting to catch up a little bit more, which is uh, which is great. Um, so, for in terms of my area, like you know, utilizing data um, has become something that's a lot more in the rhetoric uh, of meetings, where you know we want to utilize data to make decisions to you know drive people in the right direction. Um, so I think that that understanding, I suppose, in the farm industry is is quite exciting for me. I guess. Um, you know, uh, I you know, kind of utilizing you know models for predictive analysis. I, I think it's probably something that's, that's quite uh, quite exciting. It's kind of something that's kind of taken off a little a little bit at the moment. So, um, I probably yeah, probably down the predictive route. Um, it's, it's something that's good. There's a, there's, I suppose there's a lot of different areas that um, you know, the, kind of the, the digital uh, space is is really. Um, really progressing uh, in in environment. So it's quite exciting. Love it. And uh, unfortunately, I have to ask the last question of the show, Patrick, which I always end on, which is if you could boil up one personality trait that you have yourself that you could pass on to others, what would it be? Um, I'd probably say, and it's it's more so for, um, again, problem solving is is kind of persistent. I think probably persistence and resilience is, is something that um, I, I, you try and bottle up um, and pass on to someone because it's something that um, you know it gives you it gives you kind of the strength to to you know tackle a problem um, and then understand that you know it it doesn't get solved very quickly. I suppose maybe that's some advice for myself as well, and that like I can be quite. Uh, I, I can be quite uh, impatient with with that kind of stuff. So I guess yeah, persistence is something that I would definitely say, you know, 
being able to walk away from something and then you know coming back to it is uh it is something that that's a really good trait for anyone really i think yeah one good answer as well uh that's it patrick if anyone wants to reach out to you learn more about your work and and speak to you how can they reach out to you um yeah i, I suppose linkedin so patrick brett on linkedin and then i also have a um a kind of a passion project page um which is it's zero at github.io. So that, that, that has kind of a lot of the projects that I, that I like to work on in the background uh, for fun. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for doing the show. Thanks everyone for listening, watching, and everything else. Thanks, Tom.